welcome to Creative Block. We're your hosts, V. And Katie. We interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on our social medias if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. Today with us, we have Rebecca Kirby. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Rebecca, I'm so excited to have you on because I've followed you for a while and you make comics, you make shirts, you worked in animation. Uh, it's such a really cool career. So. Thank you. That's Ciao. very nice of you to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited too because uh, Kirby and I both went to the same college we and did. hung out there and they're amazing. And yeah, you guys are in for a treat. <laughs> uh, yeah, since you're talking about college, uh, remind us where you guys went to college and what was your major? Uh, we went to UArts. I, I studied illustration, and I was I was old like to go back to school. I um I went to Tyler School of Art first, and then like had a mental breakdown very quickly and dropped out. <laughs> and then um, I worked in like a sandwich shop for a while, and then I went back to school at UArts. And yeah, that's that's where I met Katie. <laughs> How early did you go to that first school? I'm asking questions because I think this is a really cool thing to kind of highlight in terms of like, I feel like art careers are non-linear and it's yeah. always great to kind of see like the, the, when it, things go right and when things go wrong. And so how early after high school did you uh, attend that first uh, college? Right away. It was a, it was a terrible mistake. I had like no idea what I wanted to do. I had like a really romantic view of art at the time and like didn't realize that you like had to do it good. <laughs> what do you like, mean? What do you like, mean? Just, I, was, I don't know. I was like really into all of like the Dutch Impressionists and I was like, I had, I was like, I was into like fine art. But I, oh, I, I, I like only drew cartoons. So I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> this is what's great. I'm going to do that. And I like was like drawing manga. Like I don't know what the fuck I thought I was doing. I'm sorry. Am I I'm allowed to do that, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it was it was just like a terrible idea. And I was also something really mentally unsound. So it was just it was generally really stupid. And I dropped out after the first year and had no idea what I wanted to do. And then just like worked like kitchen jobs and had a great time. How long did you um have jobs after your first uh, like kitchen jobs and like um you said like a sandwich place and stuff like how long yeah. did you take a break for would you say from art until you So I I was just kind of like working and going to community college part time for oh. I want to say I don't know like 3 years, 4 years and I like took that time to be like an idiot and young and do <laughs> dumb shit that like wasn't taking any of my stuff seriously. Yeah, that. So I did that for a while, and I did. I like took art classes at community college, but it, you know, I I wasn't really super set on doing anything. Just kind of like, I feel like if you're gonna be kind of fucking around and confused, like paying really cheap tuition to do it is probably a good idea. So that's what I did. Yeah. And it was just like it was so dirt cheap back then that like you could just kind of take classes because it was fun or because you wanted to kill time, and that's what I did. And then I transferred to the University of the Arts 
I had already moved to South Philadelphia and had been living there for a while. And it just seemed like, okay, let's, let's, I'm, I'm like ready to go and do that. And I think waiting until I felt ready, which was when I was 23 or 22 or 23, I felt like I wanted to figure it out. And I still didn't, I still didn't figure it out until much later, but at least I was like ready to build the skills to mm. get me there. You know what I mean? Cause that's kind of, when you go to college to study art, and you're like ready, you really want to get something out of it. It's like a much more rewarding experience than kind of wasting 18 to 22, having no idea and then being a bajillion dollars in debt. So mm, that's I, so uh, true. I feel like yeah. when you're right out of high school, you're like, it's like, there's so much to grapple with. Like, I feel like life yeah. is on such a like constant like you show up yeah. to school you show up to your classes you get some grades you graduate eventually one day it, you know if you just keep showing up enough I guess yeah but like after that it's just like so many things change and you have to kind of like grapple with this new reality and it can be like so daunting you know so like you have to, to know what you want and I didn't know what yeah. I wanted like I my brain was filled with mush I didn't like I didn't know so I didn't I had no idea and like I still didn't until I was like 27 you know what I mean like yeah. I yeah I continued just like working like kitchen jobs um and like drawing for fun but not really knowing what I wanted to do and then comics kind of just presented itself it wasn't like I love I always read comics Mm -hmm. But it wasn't something that I ever thought of, like, being capable of doing. And it was just kind of, I, like, had friends that did comics. And they were like, just do mm. it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then that was, I started making, like, really horrible little zines that didn't go anywhere. What do you but... mean? Why, why are you calling them horrible? <laughs> <laughs> Is it because? <laughs> Fine. No, okay. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. They were they were perfectly normal little zines, but I, <laughs> I I worked with someone at an art supply store who made his name is J, um, Jason and he would make these comics um, on like little one inch by one inch pieces of paper and they were called he called them dime bag comics and he would mm -hmm. he would sell them in little dime bags it was like a cute little gimmick but he was just like he would make it it wouldn't be about anything and so the pressure was really low the drawing was really small. Mm. And he would just make it about anything. Like it would be about like uh, someone flips off the cops and then gets abducted by aliens. And that's the story. Like that's, there's low pressure, mm -hmm. but like really funny. Mm. And I was like, oh, you can just do that. Like you don't have to make your magnum opus. Like every time you draw something, <laughs> um, so which is like what every, like that's the mistake yeah. of like every, everyone trying to create stuff is like, yes. uh, my, my first project has to be like a, you know, 500 page graphic novel and it's like no the fuck it doesn't you can't draw yet like what are you doing yeah yep mm -hmm. so it was just kind of like a series of events by accident I don't think yeah it was just it was just it was something that happened I just I I went to college I graduated with a degree in illustration mm. but still didn't know what I wanted to do I was like I, I did my like senior project on like, <laughs> like advertisements I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, why are we drawing this? I'm not going to do this again in my life. And then I remember my teacher from the year before came up to me as I was hanging up my senior stuff. And he shook his head disappointedly at me. And he was mm -hmm. like, you should have done comics. Because I, I did a comic for his class. He was like, it was funny. What is this? And he was right. And that... <laughs> 
I should have listened to him. He was in the military and he was very scary. And I should have just listened to whatever he said. I feel he, like he was in the military and then he ended up like to be a comics teacher. I, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. He was I feel so like I remember who you're talking about. Like yeah. I didn't have his class. I wasn't in he illustration, was but I remember you guys talking about, yeah, like the thesis yeah. professor. He was fantastic. I loved him. That's so funny. But like, yeah. did he, did he? pitch it to you that you should do a thesis in comics or was he just like no. hoping no it was like literally it was already done and i was hanging it up he was just like you made a mistake i can't believe you did something so fucking stupid he said it nicely <laughs> but like it was the point was look your project is done you did the wrong thing you idiot and he was right so and then i was like 25, 25. or 26 when i graduated and still, I, like, worked in a kitchen and, like, had a heroin addict boyfriend and, like, was just, like, having a bad time, like, oh and didn't, God. like, didn't know what I was doing. And, like, it's, so I, like, it still took some time to, like, figure it out. I, like, experienced the worst depression of my life, like, a year after graduating, just because I was, like, oh, my God, I'm so, I'm, like, fucking old already and I've never made anything, but I, like, have identified myself as an artist and I don't make anything. I graduated. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what for. How <laughs> and, old were you again? Uh, sorry, like, you said 20, 26? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I finished my degree at 26 mm. and it was already, like, wow, I waited forever. I, like, dicked around just, like, I don't know, like, going to shows and, like, being a dumbass. What? life's all about yeah it was like <laughs> cool except right. that it takes up a lot of time yeah. and then you have to like catch up and <laughs> it was just I, I felt like really hopeless and like fucked mm. and just like crushed financially and just like it was it was like a really hard time yeah and that's why I adopted my dog and <laughs> as I was like this will fix everything it it, <laughs> it did sort of but sometimes all you need is a friend yeah it's true and then also a friend in the industry who <laughs> who like helped me uh helped connect me with people who were already working at a comics publisher and I like did pinups for them for a while and that was kind of like how I got started I guess was like literally just I was like drawing like fan art and like participating in um like drawing challenges and stuff from tumblr and then that was seen by people who are, who worked in the comics industry, like the comics publishing industry. And then eventually I was, I was asked to like work. So I did like penciling and inking and there was, I, I ended up working on that uh, book for Roxanne Gay. God, when was that? Like 2019 or something. And then I, I worked oh, like pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. That one was pretty mm. recent. And like before that, I like, I did like web comics for vice and like, just like little things, but it was enough to like, keep me going you know so I wasn't like doing well as as an independent contractor <laughs> but I was like working part-time at the art store and doing this and then the only reason I went full-time uh was because I I had health issues and I just I couldn't do like physical labor anymore right. at that point mm -hmm. and I was kind of in a position where I had to make freelancing work and it was awful. Like it was really, I like wasn't prepared. I didn't do all the, like, make sure you have enough clients. Like I had like one client uh, and it was like yeah. really irresponsible, but mm. I didn't have any other choice. Like I couldn't keep working. So I had to like, I know, I don't know. I like hustled it out and just like took a million jobs all the time that were all like paying a hundred dollars because every art director, sorry, I'm not, I, am, I, am I allowed to shit on art directors? <laughs> 
Yeah, you yeah, can. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like every every art director for like a, a a periodical thinks that it's still like 1982, and we can pay our rent with like a hundred dollars. I saw an article about that about Ooh. how the rates for the illustrations on the New Yorker are basically the same. The same, yeah, I remember and, that one. And it's like that's fucking crazy because it is, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, anyway. <laughs> I'm like, but it's just, yeah, it's it's, it's just it's so sad great. because I like. Do you feel like because you know there's this thing where it's like, well, if I get my illustration published in a newspaper or something, it, it in some sort of a way, it's like a stamp of approval. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm like a, yes. I'm like a renowned illustrator yeah. in the New Yorker, right? Yeah. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't really convert into anything past that like do you do you feel like you get more clients from it yes yes one time I would say one time it works I would say if you if you can work for the New Yorker one time then you can put (laughs) in your website bio list of clients that you work for the New Yorker and then when someone goes to hire you later you can ask for more money and that's it (laughs) (laughs) okay no but what I'm saying is that you don't get more clients just by your illustration being in the Okay. Mm. I can always I can speak to my experience, right? I can all, and I'm sure this has worked for other people, and I'm sure mm. other people. I'll try to I'll try to like talk chronologically because like right. when when I was in my last year at in college, they talked a lot about like cold calling, like sending out your portfolios to mm-hmm. random art directors, like you know, which it was also at a time when this industry was changing a huge deal, mm-hmm. and like obviously they're still art directors who who do that but for the most part you get sought out a lot of the time mm-hmm. and you you your portfolio is just posting on social media regularly having a body of work really easily accessible and at that time that's kind of where it was going and that's what happened for me so I want to be like super transparent mm-hmm. in that I have in all of my art career if you can call it that I have never like applied for a job or like sent a portfolio to anybody it's all been I post dumb shit on the internet and then somebody is like I want you to do that dumb shit for my (laughs) for my elegant newspaper (laughs) (laughs) yeah for my refined publication or like book or cartoon and so that's I think that that's sort of more aligned with like how things happen now but I can't say because I'm not an archer I don't know but just just speaking from my own experience that it was really uh contrary to what I was taught in school which is you know there's there's like a like they were still telling us to like go buy the like the record of or like the the inventory of art directors emails and phone numbers because you know you could buy your way in and they were still telling us to do that 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 was a good idea it was really expensive but to do that and some of us were like okay like we will pay hundreds of dollars that we don't have for this and then a lot of other people were like what the fuck is that (laughs) and then just like posted dumb shit on the internet and got a lot of work that way and I think that it depends on where you're trying to go. I think that I have both been really lucky and also I'm like super unqualified to talk about a lot of industries because I don't really exist in one place. And I don't I don't do client work at the moment either. And that's like um another thing is that I'm like fully self-employed at this point. Which is super cool. And it I is. really wanna Yeah, because I think it's like that is 
also i'm sure like the goal of a lot of people out there like mine included um, yeah, um, but, um <laughs> right <laughs> but it's like how did you kind of how did you make that jump of like thinking about all right like well now i can't do these like side gigs like the art store and like the the the, the kitchen Ooh. work anymore because it's like too taxing on my health like that you didn't have a choice there so yeah. you, you kind of started being self-employed but then how did you kind of decide like okay I can just skip all the client work I guess so what happened is I was primarily working on mm -hmm. client work and it was really really awful if I'm honest it was all like all the jobs were like at best five hundred dollars So I was having to take like multiple jobs a month mm. to like pay rent and pay for all my stupid shit. And I was just like burnt out and it was horrible. Mm. Um, but it was at a time when the Instagram like algorithm was in our favor. Mm -hmm. So I could just like post any stupid shit and it would do incredibly well. And I would get enough attention that people would write to me and ask for like commissions or something. So oh, that turned yeah. out to pay as well, if not better than a lot of the client work I was doing. So it's not that I even, I didn't, I like never stopped prioritizing pro client work. It's just that it was so infrequent and like mm. poorly paying that I started taking on more, you know, just like random people paying me to draw whatever. And Could so that was like, oh, Tell oh, us yeah, a what? little bit what kind of commissions you were getting. I'm wondering because I feel like there's like three kinds of commissions. So you have like people being like, I want my D&D &D character or like like my OC. Yep. <laughs> and then you have people with like, I don't know, like, a, like a, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to pitch a show or like my music yep. album oh, yeah. thing. And then that. you have people just like the normies been like, hey, can, can you draw my dog or me and yeah. my partner? Can you draw my family as pokemon <laughs> trainers <laughs> yes. so yeah i would say it's all it was almost all the last one people be like i love my dog like please draw my dog and i'd be like yes. all right okay um and awesome. then from that i was just kind of like oh i'm just gonna draw whatever and then i was selling like original so that i was able to just like pump out as many of those as i could and sell that for more than i would be getting to like you know do a, a client job Um, Isn't that so crazy that you would get paid oh, more to draw somebody's dog than to guy. be in the fucking New Yorker? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's that. But then also it gets better, which is that I was like drawing individual things and then selling them to one person. And mm -hmm. then a friend of mine who like, thank fucking God, he like told me about this and it just sort of like helped me out. But he wrote to me he's like you know he's like why don't you do shirts and someone had asked me to do shirts at mm -hmm. some point and I was just like yeah okay like maybe someday and then a friend of mine I talked to him about it and he was like I'm just gonna tell you how to do it and he just he like <laughs> he like he like wrote up like fucking sheets of like Whoa. manufacturers here's manufacturers here's printers here's the dimensions I use like experiment with this and It was like the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for me because I was like not in a good spot financially. Mm. And then I did it and it was, it was fucking fantastic. So, you know, before I was, you know, if you sell like a small painting for like 500 bucks, mm -hmm. it's gone after that. But then you mm -hmm. can take that same painting, reproduce it 500 times and sell each one for, you know, on a shirt for like $34. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's, fucking crazy you can like pay your bills with that 
and that's it, it doing the t-shirt started from there and then also because I love I learned to like over time I start you know I was making comics the whole time I was doing client work but it was all just like auto bio and like diary stuff which I loved doing it was like mm. it was great but it wasn't something that I could you know make money off of so it kind of mm. it like lost its appeal after a while <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, know I also mean. I like I loved it but it also it started I started to feel like this imaginary pressure that like I I had to do it which was stupid mm. but in any case I was like oh I can just like make comics that involve the shirt somehow so I get to do both things yeah and so that's when that's when I started bird boot and bird boot was the first like web comic series that I did to advertise shirts and sort of like what started the model for me of of comics that advertise shirts. Dude, the bird boot is, I think it's how I found out about you. I was like, oh, cool. I was yeah. like, this comic looks fucking awesome. And I was like, <laughs> and then it's so funny that like they go on this like I mean you have this very specific comedy that is like which I love because it's like everything I love. It's like it's like camp. It's like yeah (laughs) and everybody all the characters treat does like think extremely seriously yeah Yeah. the thing is very stupid and it's my favorite kind of humor yeah 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 yeah. saving her sickness it was just like very funny (laughs) it's very stupid yeah but i also didn't i didn't like plan so part of the fun was like oh shit i gotta sell the shirt real fast and so every day i was like trying to write some new thing and would have to draw it that day and then post it that day yeah it was it was also just I was limited by like time and ability so you have to make like the silliest premise possible for you to like work with and it was fun it was really it was a great time I love doing it do you feel like okay because it's it's kind of funny that you have this like the way your characters talk is so funny to me like like when bird boot is like my hot goth wife (laughs) do you do you write it that way because you're like oh that's funny or is there like uh, you know what i mean i'm like i'm wondering like or it or and then and then it kind of taps into an audience that is kind of like i feel like if you're gonna have like a hot goth wife character it's it's yeah. kind of like very like metal in a way or like yeah. very like a, and did you kind of just like randomly think up of that or do you are you just kind of like in, the, in that sphere and so that's kind of how you yeah think? I think it's 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 just understanding that like these are ref- if someone's reading my comic online then they're gonna be involved in like online culture or whatever and I think making use of it or like building mm. something out of it is a really funny silly thing to do and like I think all of my things are just like really have like heavy satirical references to things that already exist in uh I don't know in some way oh my god the little bow on on tree trunks is <laughs> but <laughs> I almost forgot her fucking bow <laughs> oh my god this is the next but... uh, series of t-shirts yeah, just... the next oh my god <laughs> hey, you adventure team. thank you so much oh my god there you um, go <laughs> Old yeah, lady, I'll... would you ever draw an old buff lady? Oh my god! So all of every single character I draw is at least forty-five. So I would like to make that extremely clear. Okay, this okay. is Love that. this is something that like I've been collecting when I started doing this. I'll talk about why I started because that's a whole other thing in itself. But basically, mm-hmm. I I use specific bodybuilders as the models for these characters, mm-hmm. and all of them are in their forties at least. And yeah. it's like it's so fucking metal to me like all of these like pre like 
menopausal women just like fucking they could kill me it's fantastic (laughs) i hope they do it's amazing but like that's yeah so that's so yes i would and i will and i do so there you go i love that especially because like i don't know you've probably noticed like maybe a lot of your audience or just like people on social media Mm -hmm. they're younger they're like probably like 25 or under Mm -hmm. and they're like oh my god 40 40 that's i know you're dead it's like no you're not you're still doing like amazing stuff like women are weightlifting like yeah it does not end we're like making comics and stuff Mm -hmm. i think we're all over 30 now and it's like yeah well you don't just turn into a skeleton i'm sorry yeah you still have to you have to do do it forever yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god chained to the obligation yeah (laughs) making comics chain i know forever god what was i talking about i was talking about some kind of crap yeah like um the shirts and your audience and like how you're like leverage like meme culture and kind of like internet culture oh yeah well so the the hot goth the hot the hot goth boy (laughs) that was just like that was really big in like 2020 for some reason and so i i i drew her like i need a big titty goth girlfriend or something (laughs) and i was just like oh i'm gonna make her the fucking star she's gonna be a star so um I, I drew her and her like ailing academic wife. <laughs> you wonder, okay, this is just me like speculating and going on yeah. the huge tangent, but I wonder how many people read the comic and was like, Bert Boot, it's just like me. Like, you know, like these like <laughs> right, frail yeah. men, intellectual men that are like, oh, mm-hmm. I love philosophy and I wish I had a hot god big booby wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing in um in beef too. I can't help it. This is my niche now, I've realized. It's my horrible, disgusting niche. <laughs> it's like little fucking wieners being like enamored with these big, beautiful women. And that's just, that's what I grew up at. This is, I have a disease and I can't, it's terminal. <laughs> I can't stop doing it. I feel like though, to be fair, I feel like if, I don't know, this could be wrong, but I feel like if you're into comics, to some extent, you're a little bit like growing up as like, not an outcast, but like a weirdo, like a little nerd Oh, person weird. Yeah. <laughs> a weird nerd person like, yeah. like you could be in like anime club or or yeah. like warhammer like whatever these clubs DDR you know club. yeah <laughs> by the end of the day what unites all of these little weirdos is the internet and comics <laughs> yeah no it's true and it's nice it's like it's fun to exist in that world mm-hmm. like but in the sense that it's my job and not anything else <laughs> but yeah. it's um yeah it was it was definitely cool to like see it snowball and just like I got so carried away it was so fun for me that sort of being forced into this and then making it like this fun thing I could do was great and then I've been doing it for god since 2020 Mm -hmm. yeah so I've been doing it it's I've been doing it for like four years nice yeah so it's been I I've done like a couple client jobs since then but I got to be really choosy and that's like mm. something I never thought I'd be able to do. And yeah, so that's, it's dope. <laughs> that's so cool. That is so cool. I feel like, yeah, 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 dude. It's like awesome that you figured out like the shirt and you had like your friend kind of like running you through it. And yeah, he was a lifesaver for real. It was, it was something special. It was really nice of him to help me out that way. 
do you feel like do you feel like shirt is the main way you make income or do you yeah. still also do commissions and or prints no no, <laughs> no just shirts it's just shirts yeah so oh, i've been yeah i have been on only shirts a shirt only diet since 2020 <laughs> and then so when i when i have done client work it's just been like um and it's it, i think i've only done like three client jobs in the last four years mm. or like you know employer independent contractor jobs it's just been all like the the small biz for the last couple of years and it's just mm. because merchandising is really effective and web comics still have a really good reach so while ads might not and i have no interest in advertising i've never paid for an ad or not, i don't know how <laughs> i don't know i was gonna it. ask yeah. you yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know i don't know I, I shouldn't be running a business i don't know what the fuck i'm doing but I do know how to draw a dumb comic really fast <laughs> and uh, make them say something fucking wacky. And then people share it to their stories because it's so ridiculous. And then people buy my shit. So that's like, it's all been really organic. And I don't know how to run a business because it was an accident. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should have like wisdom at this point because it's been a couple of years, but I really don't. I've, I'm like stumbling through this all the time. And it's really just been like the kindness of my friend to tell me, like, here's the size that you make your shirt, dumbass. And then <laughs> me kind of looping in like narrative storytelling as as like a tongue in cheek way to advertise, <laughs> advertise a shirt. <laughs> no, it's really smart, though, because like yeah. people get invested in like the story and the characters and they're like, oh, I want like. I want like a commemorative item to like remember <laughs> like enjoying this comic and Aww. like loving these characters. It's it's really smart and fun. Mm -hmm. That's a really that's a I hadn't thought about that's a really nice way to think of it actually. That's yeah. Sweet. I like that. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was, how I feel. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's the first time ever I've ever seen I think you're the only person I know who does that uh online wow. art. i mean the only other person that i know who sells shirts uh is a uh, wizard of barge but he, oh, yeah he doesn't make as many comics to sell the shirt usually it's just like a drop and it's like a mm -hmm. little meme comic or something that's like yeah. oh that's the shirt like the meme mm -hmm. is the shirt mm -hmm. um and i think, it's, I think like, it's very smart yeah it works yeah it's like and it's funny because I found out about him through ads. Like the first time ever yeah. I saw his work was like it was like a promoted ad, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Damn, this is the first time I'm getting an ad that I like." Yeah, no, I ever I have um I have friends who have like bought his shirts, and it's all because like paid ads have worked for him, and that's like very sick that it actually works. <laughs> that's so yeah, it's so interesting um yeah and you get you you both use the same um printing place for mm -hmm. for your shirt uh do you yeah. do full do you use their fulfillment service or do you mm -hmm. like do all of the packaging yourself Hell no absolutely not so like <laughs> the main reason why when i was doing like jobs more the reason why i didn't start getting into merchandising earlier was because i was i had tried a couple times like just with zines for fun but i ended up selling more of them than i had expected and so then I was just like sitting on my floor, like covered in dog hair and like dirt and worms. And I was like packing <laughs> like these little zines that were worth $5 in like an yeah. envelope that was also $5. Oh, <laughs> like, fuck. And yeah. just like 
go biking to my post office with like my nose running and like <laughs> dropping them off and getting yelled at by the lady at the post office. And I was like, fuck this. I'm never doing this again. Um, <laughs> and I just like, I, I, I no, I'm, no, I, I just, I know myself and I absolutely will fuck it up if there's a way to fuck it. So anyway, they were, I, when I reached out to them, they had a fulfillment service. And I was like, well, let's just do that. That's fantastic. And they do a, they do an unbelievable job. Like I, it, yeah. they, it, like shit gets out on time. Shit goes where it's supposed to go. Like they're really responsive. I love them. So yeah, they're great. I was yeah. going to ask that too. If you just had like hundreds of t-shirts in your place right now and you had to no. pack into them. <laughs> I, that is like the way to go to mm-hmm. me. I mean, yeah. I don't, I only have like very, very little merch experience and I'm trying to get into it more, but get into it. I know it's, it's been really fun. I did like my first like convention tabling and like making that. merch for the first time. Like I made keychains. It was so fun. I was like, but now I have leftovers and people are like, put them on an online store. I'm like, Oh, Oh Lord. I don't no. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, the thing is, like, for you, Katie, it's too late because the merch is, is in your apartment. I know. It's in my, it's like that <laughs> box back there. Yeah. It's not that much, can, but yeah. You can send them to Night Owls and they will, they will ship it for you. Oh, so. really? Wow. That's mm-hmm. nice. What? Okay. Yeah. So you, if you like have merch already, they have, you can, you can send it to them and they'll do it. They can. Yeah. So like I, I use the e-commerce platform shopify okay um i've used others i didn't like them very much this just makes it all very automatic I, like once you like save like a package or whatever as something that you'll use over and over again with like the weight and all that mm-hmm. stuff it'll save it and you can use it forever instead of having to like weigh it every time it's just like it's done so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's easy so and good. you can make mm-hmm. a bunch of listings and shit and that you can also add employees so like you can add your fulfillment people and then they can see the orders too and handle it that way so it's just like that's what I was wondering I was wondering how you had them linked up but now that makes so much sense that is so cool oh my god it's fucking so sick it's like and again I'm a moron like I should not be running a business I'm a really stupid person and this is like somehow some I like run a, a business so this is like it it's it's very it's very sick yeah highly recommend how so um taxes for you is it scary it's do you bad it's very very bad it's the worst thing so i like i am still trying to like figure out this shit and like i oh my god i um every finding an accountant who like deals with this stuff accurately is really horrible mm. and also just like i i'm not like a business savvy person so like for someone who like knows this shit i'm sure they could they could make their expenses a lot higher and then like pay less in taxes but i don't i'm scared i don't want to do that i don't know (laughs) so i'm like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing it was an accident i shouldn't be here but yeah so it's bad you have to plan ahead you have to find an accountant it's better to do that ahead of time and like tell them like rough estimates and then just check them with them every quarter Mm -hmm. and if you want to do like payment plans or whatever you have to pay every quarter and that's like the way you're supposed to do it anyway but like you have to actually do it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I'd say that's that is by far the worst part that and health insurance those are the two worst things Mm. being being self-employed is like literally the sickest thing in the world except that who the fuck understands like 
the intricacies of small business taxes and health insurance. And so it's been a really kind of terrifying thing mm. to deal with. And I'm like, I'm dealing with both. So it's like fine, but it, it it's awful and really scary if you don't know what you're doing. And you can like easily, if you start out, especially when you don't make a lot of money yet and you're like, oh, like it's just, you don't really know how to figure it out and it doesn't seem worth it to figure it out. But then, you know, you owe debt like on mm. your taxes. So it's like, yeah, a, it's scary. Not a good thing to un- to not understand. And I did not understand when I started. <laughs> so <laughs> not great, but there's that. And then you get an accountant and it's fine. But um, health insurance is another thing. You have to like buy it for yourself through the marketplace. And if you are a sickly freak who makes comics, which I feel like I'll, those things go hand in hand you gotta <laughs> like you gotta know like you gotta like figure out how health insurance works and make sure that you're getting an effective plan and i'm i'm like lucky that i kind of understand that shit anyway but mm. i want to put this here for anyone who doesn't know this that there mm. is a service called health sherpa and mm. it's free and you can call them and be like i don't know how to select health insurance for the marketplace and then they'll just talk to you and tell you how to do it so oh, hell yeah. oh, that's nice and they also can they can sign you up they're like it's it's just like um remote healthcare brokers so mm. you can just call and be like i don't understand you tell me buddy and then it's their job to do it and sign you up for health insurance so it's like you can i'm just i'm putting that out there for everyone who is an illustrator who doesn't know what the fuck you're doing so that mm. is awesome that's such a yeah. great tip because those are like questions that come up a lot that I'm mm-hmm. you know like obviously are very wor- like scary for like industry artists like like yeah. for example like Katie and I who if we ever wanted to go indie then mm-hmm. we would be losing all our benefits and it's like, I know well, I guess yeah. I'll just stay here forever yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no choice yeah. yeah 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 that's awesome um so those two things get an accountant find a healthcare broker either through health Sherpa or just you can just google it and find a healthcare broker it's fine how um, did you find your accountant was it just like uh word of mouth like your friends recommending someone? oh no i like i i i did like um uh TurboTax for a couple years i had an accountant and it went horribly wrong and then i used TurboTax and then i found another accountant just through word of mouth and that's what i'm using right now nice. and they're you know they're fine i like i there's I'm trying to explore more options like in terms because I file as an independent like I, I file as a person because it's right. just there's no reason to not do that like a sole pro- do you mean as a sole proprietor or do you mean as a as just like as Rebecca Kirby okay mm-hmm. because you... I like I don't own any property or anything so it's not worth being like an LLC right there's but, other um... options like a sub s but I don't understand that enough to do that yet but that's my accountant's job <laughs> <laughs> I will ask him. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I gonna say works, my H and R guy. I was gonna ask him him some questions. He's 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 fine. He was yeah. like, if you make less than fifty thousand a year with your business, you don't need an LLC. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. This is like this is why I'm just like I will. You guys do it. I don't know. <laughs> you figure it out. Yeah. I don't I draw dumb shit. I don't know what I'm doing. You guys do it. So that's, yeah, that's, I, again, this is probably bad advice, but I'm be, I hope I'm being forthright with, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It was an accident, but listen to me if you want a little bit, 
because that's I'm being I'm the one being interviewed so that's where we are (laughs) no I think this is good because I do feel like you know um there are like some videos out there on YouTube about like being on like independent and all that but I it's good to have all these different perspectives and I like that you're being like candid about it just because it's like all right you don't need to have it all figure it out before you start you can just figure yeah. it out as you go and I think that's pretty inspiring because it's like all right I don't have to have a business major to have my own business you yeah know? yeah like that kind of I stuff. think that like at a minimum you just you need an accountant and that's really it and that's mm-hmm. like I I also I mean I want to acknowledge that I'm I like I obviously I stumbled into this and I was really lucky I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't be as you know lucky mm-hmm. I think I, I think it really was just a lot of luck so I don't want to sound like like this was I earned this <laughs> yeah. and no, it's also like, like you've you've you have like a like you, you're really talented like you make comics yes. that people are like you know you read them and right off the bat you're interested and invested in the characters and you're consistent and your art is really good so you know like you you have like the talent to that goes with like a successful business you know well thank you that's i i will take that take it i feel like you arts they i mean like (laughs) illustration because i did animation you did illustration but i feel like we are in the same where the prep for like getting a job was very very traditional Uh Um, (laughs) in my case in animation when i was going there i think it it is improved but when i was going there it was like you are making art here (laughs) like you your senior thesis is like it's your art piece it comes from the soul but you're also Uh like um well i do want a job (laughs) (laughs) how do i and like we did like a little bit of like resume and stuff but you know like it's really lackluster it's it's yeah i'm not trying to sound like assholey about it but like it really at least for illustration it really felt like it, it like the the instruction sheet again from like the 1980s it, it felt like it hadn't changed at all and yeah. it was all it was in a time when it was changing a lot it would have yeah. been helpful if we had had like any other instruction at all so it and I really I fucked around for years I didn't know what the hell so that's just like and there also there isn't an industry this is the thing with illustration I mean there is but it's a joke. Mm. It's not mm. like, I'm sorry. Should mm. I not say that? Whatever. It's fine. They're not going <laughs> to hire me anyway. It's, the, <laughs> it's like, if you're, if you're doing really well as an illustrator, you might get paid no money to illustrate for a children's book. Or you might, yeah. you might mm. get paid at best $500 to illustrate a spot illustration for New York Times. You might get paid like 50 bucks for like a book cover for a big publisher there's like I, I it's it's remarkable I like I worked for like a for like a oh I think it's really that funny that like <laughs> what you're when you talk about these prices and then we see like the AI art and like the yeah. AI, oh, AI bros being like I'm gonna make money with this AI it's like bro there's <laughs> so <laughs> money here <laughs> no, like I'm gonna make it. a world famous children's book yeah like, you, right, could try. you could try it with your AI but you're, you're yeah. not gonna no, be rich <laughs> but also like they're gonna if they if they got a contract they would get it and it would be worth $800 and they would see no money on the back end for the rest of their lives. So it's just, it's really, it's wild that like, it, so 
I, I always feel bad. I like I whenever I get like I do AMAs and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'll have these like eighteen year olds being like, please, please, like tell me about being an illustrator for money. And I was like, I did do that. It was bad. Like live at your parents' house if you want to do it. This is mm-hmm. a big mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just there are the, the thing is that like doing illustration in the sense that we have thought of illustration as a career might be like ailing and I know that there are like rock star illustrators but we're not going to be rock star illustrators like what the fuck is that no we're not going to be we're not going to be that it's like a very specific like rock star status where it's like Mm -hmm. I work I work for the New York Times and I'm the only person that they pay a living wage to it's just like we're not it's not going to happen so like it's like so rare it's like so few places yeah plus side is why would you aspire to be that when now you can do not that and make a living doing it and Mm -hmm. so that's like there are more ways than ever to be an illustrator or an artist or a cartoonist or whatever and Mm -hmm. not have to like if you're going to do fine art you don't have to do like the gallery circuit if you don't want you can but you can like post your shit on tiktok and some idiot will buy it for a million dollars if they want like you can just (laughs) you can just be chronically online and make a lot of money if you want it sucks but like a lot less than other jobs and a lot less than being like a traditional illustrator in a lot of ways like Mm -hmm. i don't want to draw beer bottle labels for like five dollars i don't want to do it yeah i want to do stupid (laughs) shit online and make a living wage so that's what i'm doing and everyone else should too but not that much because i don't want to I don't want to become irrelevant. So you don't want to have too much competition. <laughs> I do like I tell uh my husband Drew, I'm like, do you think we're gonna have like doctors <laughs> when we're older? Is everyone just gonna be like Oh yeah, no, like a lawyer their- child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just like everyone's on TikTok and like and I'm like, I don't blame them. It, it's like it's it's not easy, but it's like easier than ever to yep. like go on TikTok, be like, hey, I love making like little shell sculptures and then like one tiktok will pop off with millions and you'll be like i'm rich now yeah it's unbelievable and like that hasn't happened for me but it's fucking better because i'm old and my time is running out so they need to fucking pop off and get me a million dollars so that's i'm still we're praying and i will say it is not the most intelligent choice that i'm advertising by using one of the most work intensive methods to draw ads i'm drawing like a million drawings to mm. sell one drawing. <laughs> I'm like, I've I've decided I'm gonna make like a fully fleshed comic that I had to script and then like sit and draw and then like sit on Instagram for like eight hours with like terrible posture responding to everybody because that also boosts my own yeah. like views mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it's it is dumb like I really do think that Wizard of the Barge is probably smarter by like <laughs> paying for an ad and then not having to do this <laughs> but it's fun for me so for mm. now until I like completely burn out and have another mental breakdown I'm doing it for now and it's funny that you you both like mention like if if you know freelancing mm-hmm. in place of working like in the industry because mm-hmm. I would love, I really want to work in the industry more, not forever, but Mm. like, I really, I, I mean, and I'm also, I'm saying this as a completely spoiled little brat who was just like, I got to work (laughs) just once in a while. It was nice. I, it was not my full-time job. I just worked Mm. on a couple episodes, fuck you. So Mm. like, that's, it's different, but 
I think I'm I'm mostly the 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 healthcare appeals to me. <laughs> yeah, and also for like real. working no. with other people. I will say one of the so okay the downsides of this job taxes mm. are terrifying healthcare is scary you live inside like a, like a vole living underground in the dark with your windows drawn <laughs> drawing dumb shit by yourself all day yeah. i am insane now <laughs> i am isolated i'm a fucking freak i like i i remember like I had been doing this for like a year and went to the doctor for the first time in like two years. And I remember her asking me like a super benign question. And I said, oh shit, at like top volume in this poor woman's face. She was like inches from my mouth. And I was like, that was not a normal thing to do. There's something wrong with me now. I live <laughs> like this and it's a, it was a big mistake and I'm just like this now. And I am. And that's just, it's, I think that a, a side effect of being completely self-employed is that you live like a rat in the dark. And that's a problem. Do you feel like uh, that it it got worse as you were self-employed or do you feel like you always were kind of like socially anxious? I'm asking because I feel like after the pandemic, mm. I lost a, loss, a lot of my social skills, but also me too. I do feel yeah. like I am more relaxed. I I don't know. Right. This is just a, a little bit of um, a tangent, but I, I have this like rhetorical question where I'm like, yeah. am I less depressed yeah. now that i interact with less people or i'm like right. or you know it's like you yeah. know you know <laughs> i think i was always really willing to be antisocial anyway so like <laughs> I, but i think that like finding a balance is hard because i think that making comics by yourself for and like your whole life depends on it and the only deadlines I have are like self-imposed because I need money like you know what I mean mm, right. so it's really it, it's easy to spend like all hours of the day like I don't have work hours and I know that's another thing that people ask about I don't I know I should and I've tried a couple times to be like okay I'm gonna work nine to five and then not work and I I cannot I have not figured out how to do that yet I work sporadically through all of my waking hours um and I have not found a balance and I like it because I like working and I like for the most part being by myself and stuff so it's fine mm. within limits but then also there will be periods where I'm just like oh my god I like didn't do anything for a year that's like fucking crazy like I did not go outside one time mm. <laughs> and that's like spooky it becomes very easy mm. and I think that being self-employed is really work intensive in the sense that you are suddenly responsible for like every single aspect of your life mm. um, in a way that just kind of never, mm -hmm. it never happens. And if you're not naturally inclined to structure and scheduling, it's, it, it's not going to happen. So I don't like, I I'll work like late hours and then wake up early and take care of the dog or like, you know, just kind of spend all day. Like, like my right hand, everyone has related to this, but like my right hand has been going numb because I like have <laughs> like the posture that I work mm. at and like mm. the the only way to be able to work such long hours is to like work like a Victorian child dying in bed. And it's just like, <laughs> it's not good, but it's better. It's it's better than working any of the jobs I worked before. So I, I know mm. I shouldn't, I shouldn't complain about it, but I will and I can. So that's <laughs> the moral. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's fine to complain about jobs. I feel like there's this kind of, I don't know, like, what is it? Expectation? Like this yeah. rule that artists 
shouldn't complain or whatever. Art is a joy. We yeah. love it. We're yeah. doing it because we love it. We don't even want the money. <laughs> yeah. It's don't like, pay me. Yeah. Yeah. It the is starving I mean, artist. Yeah. <laughs> mentality. Yeah. Which is awful. It's the worst. I hated being a starving artist. It was yeah. terrible. I much prefer having money. It's great. So <laughs> that's that's another note for all, for all of you. Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> People are like, oh, you'll make the best art when you're like at your lowest. And no. it's like, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true. true. I was really unhappy and sad. I was not yeah. drawing at all. It sucked. It was bad. I agree. I feel like also when you're not happy, you're the scope of the things you can tell uh diminishes i don't yeah. know i feel like you're i don't know that could be just me but I, I i was thinking about that a lot and i feel like when people are like oh you have to be like miserable to make good art and i feel that's it's so like stupid that's it, so yeah. stupid <laughs> yeah god ew vincent van gogh does it one time and everybody's <laughs> like we're all gonna do that no he was fucking nuts in a cool way. We're not cool like that. It's not going to work like that. We're just going to be really unproductive and sad. <laughs> it's going to work. How much can you milk the sadness, you know? And- oh my God, it gets mm. so gross. You Okay, so this is like, there was in the 1990s, This I'm sorry, I'm, I, I really, it's a goal of mine to not bitch about comics because uh-huh. there's nothing worse than like, people who make comics about comics. Well, so, okay, I'm already bitching about comics. But <laughs> there's, there was like, you know, there was a genre of like, the sad man is like writing about his life. He didn't try to do anything and now his life yeah. sucks. Like, mm-hmm. and that was like a whole genre forever. It's like, I'm I've really upset. so many of those. <laughs> it's endless. And like, and then there was a revival and it, some of it was really good and most of it was not. But there was like an era of like autobio comics being like, Everyone was Lou Reed. Everyone was having a hard time making Lou Reed stuff. Like they were trying to be like Lou Reed. And it's like, you're not, none of us are Lou Reed. You can't, mm-hmm. it's not cool. It's comics. It is by nature, not cool. So it's like taking this medium and making it like punk rock. I was like, come on. Like you're, <laughs> we're all stupid. This is stupid. But it really was fun. It's like, and, and I mean, it's still a thing. Like comics, we're doing punk rock comics. It's cool. We're doing cool stuff. And it's like, no, it's not. This is yeah. for weeps. You are dorky. This sucks. It's fine. <laughs> but like, I just remember like that being like the intersection of like comics and art and like peak like misery as a conduit and like misery being the whole point. Mm. And I remember like th- it sort of became a thing again in like the 2010s and like it's, and when you say like, comics, do you mean like indie comics or do you mean like even main- mainstream comics? Like indie comics, okay, like, yeah. like like the like the big indie comics, you know, and right. like some of them were done really well, or like some of it used that as like a backbone to make really funny or interesting comics, mm. um, or like really heartwarming comics. So it evolved a little bit, and it was cool and it was nice. But I really do think that there's a limit, and then I think that it got really oversaturated, and just because of social media, which is both it's a double edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. So it's cool mm. because everyone can make a comic, and it sucks because everyone is making a comic, and I'm supposed to look at it, and I don't want to. So that's like, I, it's, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot more to look at. And again, that's a, it's, it is generally a good thing because before I remember being a kid in like two, no, not even 2000, it was like the late nineties when they were starting to color 
like Marvel comics with Photoshop, but no one knew how to use it yet. So it looked like ass, like it <laughs> yeah. really just, yeah. just complete anus. And they were really abusing like the, um, <laughs> like the, like the lens flare on everything. It looked so, it was all, it was the worst everything thing I've like ever seen glossy in my life. or like made yeah. out of steel. Yeah. 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 Like primary colors. Yeah. but I was like I remember going to the library and getting like a Spider-Man comic so I was like I want to read this I want to read about Spider-Man and it was uh, it was unreadable and I was like 11 I was stupider than I've ever been and it was really it was disgusting and it should not have been allowed and it was just like comics it's good it's good that we don't just have to read what is available like that the, we don't we don't just get like you know Spider-Man and Superman and whatever the fuck like it's mm. good that we have all these options, especially because like as a girl being 11, like what the fuck do I want to read Spider-Man for? I want to read about like Sailor Moon. And I didn't know that that existed yet. Mm. So then when it, when it came, it was like this revelation. I was like, oh, there's like comics that are like not garbage for me. Like this is life-changing. And then that ended up being like seeing that there were other options became like this life-changing thing that obviously I reference all the time now. Mm. But there was like a real and i think that the superman comics and stuff they they did have like they were all they were very silly in a lot of ways but they did have a sincerity to them because they were like they were symbolic at a really important time in american history right like mm. the like american hero like the pinnacle of strength and and like masculinity and whatever and so that was really important for the time and then in the, in the 80s and 90s we started getting like we got like girl comics <laughs> and then in the 90s we got like borders bookstore got like manga and all of these like girl romance or like magical yeah. girl comics and it was something that wasn't an equivalent it was it was its own thing and it had like similar tones of like you know like we are girls and we're powerful in our own way <laughs> but mm. like it being and like similar humor sometimes but it really it took itself really seriously in a way that like when you're 13 everything is very serious you don't know that there's an alternative to things being very serious mm. so it was honestly having this like really beautiful and sincere thing to read was so sick and refreshing i think from things either being like misery or like about the world's most powerful guy so yeah it was like it's cool there's like other stuff and it's nice that now because of the internet there yeah. is other stuff and like i don't want to look at most of it but I'm glad that it exists. So that's, you know, I agree. That's my speech. I, it's a good speech because I feel like it's true. There's like a lot of, uh, I remember for me as a child yeah. looking at comics, <laughs> and even though I was in France, I was like, I wish, <laughs> I wish there were more comics for me when I was like, such yeah. a, like, mm. I wish there were more comics for me because like I was, like, I mean, I've said it in previous episodes, but I was, like, obsessed with being a squirrel. I pretended I was a squirrel <laughs> the whole time as a child. Wow, that's and very just, brave of you to admit. That's good. I think it's pretty funny and charming. I'm going to be, this This is my charming backstory. Um, <laughs> the squirrel backstory. <laughs> but I was born I, a squirrel. I was born, you know, and it... <laughs> <laughs> no and, and i was like i wanted these there were a couple comics with like like animal main characters but not that much yeah I think the cool thing about animals is that they're kind of gender neutral so i think yep. when you're when you're when you don't know yet that you're non-binary yeah. you're like i like this dog because i don't know yeah. if it's a guy <laughs> dog or a female yeah, right. dog yeah it's know? a big deal it's and so you're kind of like oh i can root for that but there's not a lot there's not a lot of like animals doing 
detective work or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> I like mysteries and animals. Did you did you like Tintin because you couldn't tell if Tintin was a boy or a girl? Because that was my that was my appeal to Tintin. Oh, that's funny. I actually and, yeah. I actually watched the cartoon, but I did not really read the comic. I kind of uh, do want to read the comic now. Um, mm, what I good. read more really is good. um Peyo, who's the guy who did the smurfs before the oh. smurfs so i don't know if you guys know but the smurfs oh. are actually an offshoot it's a sp- spin-off comic it's a, it, it become it became really big but it's a spin-off comic from a, a previous comic called joan and peluit uh and peewit peewit in, in let me see and i was obsessed with joan and wow I think, yeah wow. joan joan and peewit uh, is a English name, and I was obsessed with it because you have these two, like, knights. Like, no, the, the, the older guy is a knight. The little guy is a bard. But he... Mm-hmm. And, the, and the jokes are so cute. It's just, like, he sings really bad. He wants to sing all the time. The knight is like, shut up, but he's too <laughs> nice to tell him to shut up. And it's just, you know, little stories like, oh, there's, like, a weird thing in the woods. And so, the Classic. adventure... You know, yeah, medieval Europe. I yeah, it's it's my jam, and I just want to make so shows cool. about that. But it's really hard to, uh, anyhow. And the Smurfs are like they're a little like kind of like deal of the week kind of thing for them, and mm. then they have their oh. spin-off. But that was my big. That was my big Aww. comic. The That's part really is so cute. cute. Yeah, adorable. Yeah, and he's like kind of I don't know. There, there, there's. I think medieval clothing are sort of gender neutral as well when you look at them. It is. It's like, yeah. They have the little it's tunic like, on. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little skirt. The tunic. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh. Did you read um all of those like young adult novels that were like <laughs> this was my big appeal <laughs> was um a lot of like all of the stories about like I'm a woman, but actually I'm gonna dress up like a man so that I can go yes. to war and ride a horse around. And that was my shit. <laughs> that was like <laughs> all I wanted for me and I was like as I it was the fantasy you and then you get really good you're like I'm a woman but I look like a boy and I can use a sword better than any man and like I've I've usurped the king actually fuck you that was the the fantasy for me anyway I did I didn't read a bunch of those but I was I really love those stories they're like gender swept stories those were yeah. my favorite like mm. and manga has a lot of those especially yeah. in like shonen and shoujo like you'll see a lot and of Ranma, like that was the first one for me Ranma um, is the mm. best it's mm-hmm. it's the best it's the best it's so fucking good yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man <sighs> I, it was the first manga I ever bought and I had the full collection mine was Inuyasha so close oh yeah yeah Ooh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one's great too. Uh, Rumiko! I know, queen! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you worked on Adventure Time, and I was wondering a little bit about like how you got the job, what you did, and like how long, how was the experience like for you? So, to clarify, I, wor- I worked on Distant Lands. I worked on one episode of Distant Lands, <laughs> but it was still, I'm still going to say that it was like the highlight. It's the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and um I had done revisions for Summer Camp Island. So I had worked on a couple episodes of that show. Mm. And I'm assuming that that's like how I ended up doing any work on Distant Lands at all, but it it was 
it was it was fucking great it was so cool and i'm like a huge adventure time like fangirl and did it's you like do designs or boards um i did revisions on boards so that was oh. that was that and then mm-hmm. on it was the same on summer camp island and i did a title card or two title cards i can't remember oh cool for them and that was cute but i i honestly i'm i i can only guess because <laughs> i didn't it was like never a goal it was like the coolest day of my life i opened up an email from somebody at cartoon network who had emailed like my then closed like big cartel shop email it had been closed <laughs> for years and they're like we're just trying to get in touch with rebecca oh Kirby. my gosh I was like, no, no that's the wrong word and i felt really <laughs> bad and i was like it was, it was not great but it worked out and i got to do stuff for them and mm. i like i know I'm, i don't know i'm not supposed to joke about ocd but i'm gonna so i have ocd and it's like mm. it's my it's my dream position to be a revisionist because I get to my whole job <laughs> was just like this door is opening the wrong way actually and you guys fucked it up and then I get to <laughs> and then I tell everyone that and then I redraw the door <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It, was like, it was so cool and I loved it and it was really it was like very fun and Distant Lands was it was such a small role but I like freaked the fuck out because I think Adventure Time was what got me back into drawing cartoons as an adult so mm. it felt like this really surreal thing to like get to talk. <laughs> I was like oh I get to talk to people <laughs> yeah <laughs> like work on this shit and I mean like now I'm friends with a couple people who've like worked on it and so it's like it, it's really nice and I feel like I have to hide being an adventure time like freak because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to I'm not trying to be like it's like oh I just worked on it but no it was like the most exciting day of my life it was so sick yeah so yeah that was it I haven't had like an extensive amount of I wasn't like a, a resident revisionist on anything but I got to do a couple episodes over the years and it was really cool and I really I I don't know if this is like a thing but it seems like it is that like people who have kind of you know made their stamp in like indie comics kind of make the jump to the animation industry some of the time and I think that's really cool like yeah and it's the kind of thing that I really I I like had no idea what I was doing and I was asked over the years to do tests a couple times Mm. and I I'd never seen one before so I don't know what the fuck I was doing so I just like drew a comic and they're like you don't get the job and I was like oh okay that's fair like (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I don't know how to do this and these cartoon (laughs) network tests man they're like hard the the, for the boards I feel like um because I took I took a lot I took the Benton I took the We Bear Bears twice I took oh shit and I got rejected from We Bear Bears twice <laughs> oh yeah no I, I i definitely i was asked to do it for a couple of shows and i was like oh cool um and i never got a job doing it yeah <laughs> that way like i've gotten I, i've done a lot of freelance jobs but i've never gotten like a resident job even though you know i was asked quite a few times and every time i was like and i, I remember like checking with my friends who like worked i was like is this one good and they're like it's fine i was like okay because i like, after fucking up my first one i was like someone has to look at this i'm not responsible enough for this <laughs> And I, I didn't get any jobs and that's, you know, it's fine. I'm, yep. <laughs> I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be bitter about it forever. But <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the kind of thing where I know that there are people who like successfully make that jump, like as a full career. And it is something that I think if I would like had the opportunity to do, I would probably do, but it's definitely, I don't know. It's cool. I, there's like, it was neat to get to see behind the curtain and like get to work with people 
and in, in like on a project that you feel like there's like a collective and then there's like a product at the end like it's I, I have I don't get that experience I work like solitary solitary business all the time mm. so it was, it was like a much different experience to get to to like work with everybody everybody does their job you get to talk to everybody about this like everyone here likes cartoons it's fucking so sick and um I don't know I thought that that was that was really cool and not something that I get to experience much and like it was it was you know I've worked in books and stuff and it was still different like it was cool everyone seemed like they're there because they you know they have to have a job (laughs) but also (laughs) also because they like cartoons so you know you have that in common and like in books it really has (laughs) the drawing the 10 10 10 across the board (laughs) (laughs) but it really it really it's definitely like the most exciting thing I've ever done I think and I still like I think back and I was like oh that was so sick like I can't believe I got to do all that stuff and I did, I got to do, like, I got to do artistic development. I got to do, for that new Netflix show that I think is Dan Buterman's, uh Carol and the End of the World. Carol, and that yeah. was, that, that was really great. neat because oh, cool. that was, like, in the very, very beginning. And, yeah, I don't know. I just got to, he was, like, just draw, like, read it and then draw, like, some dumb crap that you think would happen. And I did. And that was my job. And I got paid. And that was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's but it's really just, cool. it's, there is something really like different and validating about working with other people in mm. a way that you really have to kind of just trust that what you're doing is enough when you're working for yourself and you're kind of an island doing it. Mm. But there's something that's sort of like really nice. It's, it's cool. I don't know. It's, and it's like a lot of fun in a way that's really different. I really like it. Yeah, that's really cool. That's cool to hear like your experience on that in um and as to... like an outsider, I think. It's like it's it's yeah. different. I know that like yeah. mm-hmm. I know that there are a lot of people who like that is their career and where they are all the time. And so it was really interesting to get to like as someone who is like an in- independent contractor and like sometimes I'm in publishing and like sometimes I'm in like product design and like mm-hmm. sometimes I make t-shirts on the internet and sometimes I get to work for Cartoon Network or whatever. Yeah. Or like indie publishers and stuff. It's like mm. it's it's really it's cool. I get to like see a bunch of different stuff, but that was my favorite thing to see, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with like art like this career, it's like a pro and a con definitely because it's like one hand no job stability, but yeah. on the other <laughs> hand, you are like dipping your toes in like so many different mm things and projects and genres you're like whoa this is kind of cool instead of like the same exact thing every day yeah yeah I do think that that's probably something that I don't appreciate enough too because it's just the only career I've known you know Mm. but it's yeah I don't know it is that is it's it's something that I should appreciate more I think sort of being able to kind of see and be involved with like a bunch of different worlds it's neat I was gonna ask you about as well uh your we, we've talked about social media a little bit mm-hmm. prior but I kind of want to know your philosophy on social media like kind of how do you deal with it in terms of like because it's kind of essential for your business right yeah uh, do you yes. have a schedule like content no. schedule like what do you nope. do you no. how do you I... feel about likes and like your follower count like all of these kind of tricky social media things (laughs) so I know that like I have friends who run small businesses who are much more disciplined about like 
mm-hmm. you know, they schedule their posts, they make sure that they're posting X number of times a day or times a week and like sort of getting ahead of things. But if I'm going to be super honest, I'm like a very disorganized person. And so I do have like a general, like, if I'm going to post, I post within this time window. Cause you know, if you have like the creator tool on meta, it shows you like this time of day works best for you personally and whatever. So I do use stuff like that, but for the most part, I haven't adapted (laughs) and I just kind of use Instagram the way I always have, even, you know, when I was just kind of posting stuff for fun, which is probably not very smart, but I also recognize that like when, when you are an independent contractor in the way that I'm an independent contractor, there is a hard limit on how much you can expand. So I think if I was like a business that went on Shark Tank and they're like, yeah. you got to figure out how to make this like big, 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 we got to blow this up. And like, you, I can't, like I am the business and that's the problem. Mm. And mm. so since I am the business, there's a limit. I can't, I can't also outsource any more than I already have, right? Like I, I have a fulfillment team. I have printers. I use Shopify. I have an accountant. I have like, you know, a healthcare broker. There's like nothing else that I can outsource and everything else has to be done by me. I have to do my own social media because people think I'm silly and funny. And if I'm not doing it, they're going to notice. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I am the business. My voice is the business. My like body is the business. Me drawing this shit personally is the business. And the only thing that I can really, you know, do more of is just to, you know, I already spent such a disturbing number of hours, like, making the comics and then the products and you know making the listings and all that shit and the only the only way to expand my business is to do it more which is physically impossible at a certain point right Mm. so I could be more organized I could devote more time to like how I handle social media but I won't because this is it's not going to get that much better for me like I it's not going to improve my standing that much more so the only thing that I can really improve, which I still hope to do at some point, is, you know, if you can improve things like uh, your followers and your reach and like, a, you know, spread across different platforms and stuff like that, like getting bigger on, like I just started posting on TikTok like last year or whatever. That's sort of where you can, the thing that you can do when you are the business is to make sure that you have as big an audience as you can and engage them as much as possible. And mm-hmm. that's really all you can do because that translates directly to how much you sell right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like I'm not gonna buy an ad like I I could but I won't (laughs) 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 and it's just I I I don't know it's I think that like my how I feel about social media kind of becomes irrelevant because there was a period um if for like the first two years or the first year of the pandemic where I was like, oh, this has become really unhealthy for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was I was posting autobio comics for years at that point, and they that's what got me my following was posting autobio comics, mm-hmm. and it so like I built my entire platform on posting these really personal emotional comics, and it started out as like cathartic and fun for me, and then it became validating because people liked it, and then it became really fucked up because I felt like it was my job to like expose all parts of myself for the sake of content Mm. because again it just started with me being the business me talking about my thoughts and me drawing it Mm. my experiences were the content and then I I made a comic (laughs) about my experience with like every three years I have to get an upper endoscopy and a colonoscopy (laughs) (laughs) and like it's I, I I have like 
roasts in my stomach. We have to check to make sure that they're not cancerous, like every couple of years. And um, my mom has um, cancer that started in her digestive system. And so we, you know, we have to stay on top of it. So it's not a bad, it's not bad, but it is terrifying when it happens every few years, just because I'm waiting to be like, is it cancer yet? Like, and mm. um, it's, it's the kind of thing. So I, I made a comic about that experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a very serious experience, but then I, I wasn't thinking about the effect of like, is this going to hurt me or feel like too much down the line? And then I like went to SPX and was selling it and was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like that mm. it was like nice and cathartic to make it, but now it's a product and like all these people are coming up like at my table, like staring at my face, like smiling, being like, give me $5. And they're like reading a comic about like probing my anus. <laughs> and I was like, this is, this might've not like been the healthiest thing for me to do actually. Mm. And like, I'm glad I did it. But it it hit a point where like I was making comics all the time and I felt like it was my obligation and it wasn't getting me paid. It was getting me attention on the internet and it was getting me followers and it was getting me likes, but it wasn't translating to money. So it became really Mm. unhealthy because I felt like I had to do it all the time and then also be doing client work all the time. Mm. So it was not, I had two full-time jobs, one of which didn't make me any money, one of which was obligation and I was the product. So it was not healthy. So mm-hmm. I decided, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to take some time away from the internet, whatever. Just draw whatever I want, work on personal comics. And then I didn't have any money. So <laughs> so I had to be like, okay, I'm returning to the internet, um, but I'm just going to guard myself a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, you know, I started the bird boot. I started all that shit. So I didn't have to talk about myself for a while, right? Yeah. And I was making mm-hmm. money, making comics. And it wasn't about me. And it was a huge relief. But it's still really hard to separate yourself from it and like, you know, your worth from it and all that stuff. And at this point, I think that I feel fine about it, but only because I have 101,000 followers. And if I didn't, maybe I would feel like shit. So like, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. enough to make me money, but I don't feel like the pressure to have a million. I'm a cartoonist. Like I'm not, I'm not like a model. I'm a stupid, I'm, I'm 35. Right. I draw cartoons. Like it's the obligation. I don't feel that obligation. No, the only certainly- thing... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, that's really interesting that you started with Autobio and then you um, went into more like fantasy and stuff because mm. I found out about you through more like your fantasy stuff rather than mm-hmm. your Autobio. And yeah. do you feel like your audience changed or was surprised or when you switched gears? I think a lot of the people just stayed around because mm. I think that my voice is the same like the right. same the same sense of humor like all the stupid shit I say in bird boot or beef it's just that's like what I talk like and it's so it was the same it was still there okay so the the same appeal that people were there for I think it was less melancholy and more goofy shit I'm sure some people left and that's fine but the thing that's been sort of horrifying to realize is like I've posted after not doing any autobio comics for years I posted a few in the last couple months and they are by far my most successful in viral comics <laughs> Mm. that i posted in years i feel like oh and, man because i keep hearing that in the graphic novel yep. world like if you want to publish with the big, big publisher or whatever get okay, so liberated agent mm, it's all like now. autobio mm. and i'm like God. it's all autobio but the problem with it specifically and i'm going to say this and i know i'm i will never get published again and that's fine but <laughs> when it comes to what people are looking for when they look for autobio is they look like they a lot of the time they're looking for women or non-binary people to tell like their personal most traumatic stories oh my god as and sell it 
So uh, it's that's what's appealing is it has to be sad, but it has to resolve in a positive way. It has to be about you, but it has to be tragic, but then it has to wrap up neatly. And it's it's such a mind fuck and they don't pay you that much. Even if you yeah. get paid like if you get paid like top tier, I'm talking like the most of the most, you're probably making a hundred thousand dollars and you're not gonna keep anywhere near all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you're talking about like good contract for a lot of this stuff, it's like fifteen thousand dollars. And you have to be working on that book for like two years. So mm-hmm. what are you gonna fucking do? It's not gonna work. So mm-hmm. as an experience, it feels really exploitive. And so that's my speech on that. But when it comes to the internet, I think that people are looking for connections so much on the internet that autobio just is always going to do well. And Mm. I think that when you are talking about yourself and then you, you know, people comment and you write back, like you are the cartoon character. I think that that is so direct for people. Yeah. And it's a big deal. And I think that it will always, so the problem for me is, is it does really well on the internet. The positive is I'll get followers from it. People will like it. It gets me traffic. I can't sell anything based on that. I'm not going to draw like a t-shirt that has me on it. Like I wouldn't yeah, die. That's great. That's true. Yeah. You don't want to make a colonoscopy t-shirt. <laughs> I, I would buy that. Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but like people have asked for like shirts of Kimba and stuff like that. And I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, I feel bad, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do yeah. it. It feels, it feels weird. It feels mm-hmm. like drawing a picture of your little baby and selling it. That's yes. weird to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah, yeah. where I yeah. draw the line. And mm-hmm. like, even if it did, no, I mean, if it did make a lot of money, I would do it, fuck it, but it won't. <laughs> so it's just, it's not, it's not worth it. And so when it comes to like my relationship with the internet, I think my ideal would be to no, never go on the internet again and <laughs> like live in a walkable city where I see the same people every day and live the rest of my life being very fucking boring. <laughs> and everyone forgetting about me except for the five seconds that they see me walking through the street that's the only way that I exist to them and they know nothing else about me I think that that would be a huge relief to me in this instead of like when I was doing like SPX and shows and shit like that people would come up to me like oh my god yeah I read about I read about your asshole I hope it's okay and that was I was like oh my god like I, I exist in the real world too it's really it's a lot yeah mm-hmm. and I think that like I don't I don't have any shame about this obviously like I'm talking about it but like I think it's it's the it's the obligation to talk about it at any time you know what I mean right I see mm-hmm. and so when you're making a comic about it that is the time that you talk about it but then forever it exists and people are going to come up to you and talk about it and that's fine like it's not a problem it's not bad I invited this but it is hard to prepare for and yeah. then mm-hmm. when you're on the internet I really do. I'm lucky right now because I do fine with just kind of like flailing around on Instagram, not trying very hard to get followers, not trying very hard to like grow on, on TikTok or like Twitter or anything like that. Right. Mm. I should, I should, I think I would make significantly more money if I did. And I, I will have to do that soon. (laughs) But I think that where I am right now, I'm kind of at my limit. If I'm honest, like I, I just spent like the past couple of days, scripting for the next like six months of like comics for the t-shirts and then designing the t-shirts themselves and then you know planning for that is a shitload of work mm-hmm. yet you know I have to make like a, a schedule for myself sort of and it's a lot like I don't I think that until it stops working for me which it will I'm sure that this is a finite thing 
and I will have to just get a normal fucking job, which is why I'm trying to get ahead of it and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it won't. Maybe I'll be like a t-shirt girl forever and just like do whatever. And that's that would be great. Like I love doing this, but it really it is scary that your entire empire and job is reliant on like whether or not people like you on the internet. Mm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is it's scary because you have to have a level of, you know, personability while also, you know, yeah, guarding yourself because you are a product and it's weird. So yeah. I think about yeah. that a lot, especially I mean, and Katie, you must probably like feel that too with yes your... for twitch and like all your stuff like that's yeah gotta be and you like you are playing a character that people are like loving that character and that character is you like yeah and it's like i liked what you were talking about just i don't know just like the autobio comics and like yeah just extending like that personal information and it's mm-hmm. like oh this is doing well the more vulnerable i, I am know. And it's scary because like, you had a comic yeah. like that that was super vulnerable that kind of blew up right like a couple like a couple of years ago with the i mean i don't want to go like do too much details about it but it's just like you know like you were sad it was hard and then like it kind of mm. like gets big like the more like the emotions are like, like yeah wait me hard. or kirby which one <laughs> uh you katie have, i feel like you didn't you have one where you like you were withdrew and you were like crying and he like gave you a hug and like then that one kind of like oh I had like one print that was like when I was like living at home that was like about like oh I want to like like a happy oh, time with you where like no one's yelling and stuff and that like yeah, I remember that one that yeah. was like the and that came from like a very I was just like drew it on my iPad because I was sad and that like blew up like that's the only thing yep. I think that has been like shared like copied and like shared on things like with no credit wow like, oh, that's how you've made it yeah but then like for me i'm like oh i probably wouldn't post that like on a public thing like for on facebook for my family to see or right. something to make them feel bad which is funny but yeah, yeah the, it's everywhere yeah but people get like super i can see like you're like selling yourself and then people get parasocial too they're like you're my friend you're my mommy or like if you're like older too (laughs) it's just like no i'm i'm a stranger on the internet still yeah (laughs) (laughs) no so more on this so because this is interesting this is like the price of being on the internet right yeah so as a really direct consequence I've had stalkers. Oh shit. Yeah. And mm. so I'm I'm at the point now. I actually so part of the reason I went on a big hiatus of posting apart from like any super necessary work for t-shirts, right? Because you know, I you know, I post my stupid little vignettes of my life on my stories and stuff all the time. And I had to halt doing all of that for a long time. Um, because I had a man who was stalking me. Oh and God! It so this has happened before actually, and it was like very dramatic and fucked up, and the police got involved. But this time, it was a new guy, but he found me through Instagram and followed me, and just he started he at first he just was sending me DMs, but I wouldn't see them because they're in the other folder, right? Yeah, so right, just, right. For months and months and months, they were in there, and I never opened them until he started sending me emails. And it's, oh, at yeah. first, they started out like obviously unhinged but like not super threatening it was like oh i'm in love with you we should go out like all this stuff and Mm. it started Mm -hmm. out like okay like this is nuts but like this happens so whatever right Um, i'm not trying to sound like but like i'm a 
person on the internet. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you know, oh, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And then sort of getting spooky and like sending me invitations to events he was going to be at. And also like he, he was all, he's in the same city I'm in and he like, we knew mutual people and he would go to places that I would go to. So Mm. I kind of, I like really freaked out, stopped going places, whatever. I mean, I wasn't doing much anyway, but still. And it then escalated to the point where like, he decided that I was sinister. I was evil for like not responding to him. Oh my God. And it got to the point where like, he thought that like, I was conspiring against him to cause him harm. He was like, it turned into this huge thing where like other people had to get involved. I had to stop posting on the internet. Mm -hmm. He was like threatening me, sending me ultimatums and like all this shit. And it went on for like a year. So I had like a year of like not being able to post like anything that could show my location or any like street signs or like anything. And it was really, it it put me into like a really unhealthy space. And I would have thought that I was better prepared for this because again, I've had stalkers before, had to get Mm -hmm. the police involved. Um, But this felt so much worse because I couldn't stop being on the internet, which is where he was. And he- he would see my Instagram stories and think that they were a message to him, right? So it was yeah. just a common, it's a common thing with like schizophrenia. Yeah. But so okay. he thought that any message I was putting out into the universe was a message just for him. And so right. okay. like he would, t- and he would take anything that I was saying as like an insult or an evil implication or a threat. Mm-hmm. And so I had to sort of change how I was posting and what I was posting to kind of be as direct as possible. And so I had a whole, like, just like I was in my head, I was thinking like, don't say anything that he could interpret as something evil because then you're going to get all these horrible emails and you're going to like cry and freak out. So it it ended up changing how I was posting for like a year and it was awful because I really, I had to like predict what this guy was going to do. And I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could block him because I felt like I had to keep the emails in case I had to go to the police with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it really, it became like a, Oh, I have an audience of all these people, but I don't think about it to, oh, I have an audience of all these people who are fine. And then this guy, and it really, it changed how I like existed on the internet and thought about the internet for a long time. And I I post a lot less personal stuff than I used to, because I was really worried that he was going to use it to come and find me. So yeah, I think that that's sort of like a a thing that isn't discussed a lot, especially if you're like, if you're being vulnerable on the internet, I think, especially if you're girl shaped, people are (laughs) gonna, it's, you it's gonna happen (laughs) yeah I think maybe not everybody but I feel like probably like the parasocial thing is is strong and I think that when you mix in stuff like questionable uh mental stability or like Mm -hmm. whatever other factors are at play it can get kind of dangerous and so that's another another problem with you a person being a product is that you can't stop or you don't make any money and you can't just like not be on the internet at any given time. Like I can't, I can't just not be on the internet. I, I need the lunch. It's your job. Yeah. Yeah. It's your job. Yeah. Do you you feel like this is a little bit of a, of a, just your, just your insight. Cause I, um, Mm -hmm. but like, do you feel like you putting your face on the internet kind of has a higher risk of creating this kind of interaction or do you feel do you feel like if you didn't show your face you would but do you feel like that but then do you feel like you would reach less people if you didn't yeah you know both both things so I think one being a real person I think that like I think that having like a character like if I were just to post how I draw myself Mm. it would have appeal and people could like impress what they want me to be onto it more 
But I think that also being a real person makes me feel much more accessible to them because they're like, I'm one of those. Like, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it, first of all, Instagram does reward you showing your face. So if I post like, just like, it's real. It's for real. (laughs) I hate it. it. It's insane. It's, it's, they can, they can, they, whatever, they can like sense it and then they they reward you. So like in posts where like, I look ugly as fuck and I'm just like sitting around and there's no art in it we'll still get just as many likes as like, I'm not like, I'm not posing. I'm not trying to look cute. It will still get just as many likes as anything else I post. Like I, like, like I posted the picture of my haircut and it like did better than fucking any of my cartoons for like two months before. So it is unfortunately true, but also I think that people are on the internet to connect with something, whether they think they are or not, they're They're looking for some kind of meaning they're there because it's another place to go in your day, right? Like we as a society have lost our third places. So we go on the internet. Mm. And I think that, I think for for some people who are like healthy, (laughs) it's not, but I think a lot of us aren't. And I think that it's easy to get kind of caught up in that type of relationship. Like you get used to seeing this person every day if that's your habit. And then you feel like you've lost a friend if they're not there or you're not there. And on one hand, I think that that's nice. I think on the other hand, there's a limit. And it's kind of, you can't predict when that limit is going to be reached or like when the wrong person is going to find you. Um, And I've been really lucky that I haven't had much worse happen. But I think even even outside of the internet, I'm like a really unfortunate combination of like uh, people pleasing and like Mm -hmm. unintimidating looking. (laughs) Like, Uh I think, Mm -hmm. I think I'm like, pleasant looking enough that people think if they're nice to me that I'll like fall at their feet you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. and like be their be their friend immediately and like I think that also I'm you know I'm polite Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. it's 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 like a really bad combination for me in real life Mm -hmm. and I think that on the internet it's no different I think that I'm I'm approachable and I expose my my thoughts to the internet and people are like connecting with it and then sometimes they're nuts and they're gonna find you and kill you (laughs) it's just like (laughs) it's 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 a price you pay for being on the internet but also to be honest it's not like it's any different than it was when I worked in the kitchens when I worked in the kitchens I had stalkers so it's just it's it's, yeah when you when people see you sometimes they want to find you and kill you so that's just how society is it sucks yeah that's so crazy I wonder Mm -hmm. oh my god it's it's so crazy because I feel like you know I hear stories like that and I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky I didn't have stalkers. Wrong. I keep forgetting I had two stalkers. Yeah, so there you go. We're all even here, yeah. So, so it's okay. just the thing. It's, it was just less, much less intense. Uh, mm. But it is true that when you're like, uh, like you said, girl-shaped, girl-shaped. And, and you're nice yeah. and then it's yeah. like all bets yeah. are off. <laughs> I mean, even when you're mean, I've been mean and people love it. They're like, people oh. love it when I'm mean to them. It, oh, yeah. it's, it's a thing for them. And it's just like, so I've tried this. I've just been like, what the fuck are you thinking, you stupid, ugly freak? And they're just like, oh my God. She's flirting with me? Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It's just that you're shaped the way you're shaped and you have a face that they can look at. And that's it. So it doesn't matter. But it is true that when you're trying to make money on the internet, you want more views. Your face gets more views. It's unfortunate, but it's true. It works. People love it. And then sometimes they stop you. So there you go. Do you have any services like delete me or stuff like that? Or I don't know what that is. 
Well, what is it? <laughs> uh, let us introduce our uh, listeners to, our, to our, I wish we had a sponsor. I, wish, I was gonna I, be, I was about to be like, did we? Did you get a sponsor? Get a sponsor? That would be so funny. Oh my god! Wait, that's my okay, goal. Real quick, yeah. real quick. I have to tell you, I got my first sponsored content. It was Cabot Cheese, and I just need you to know that I got my first sponsor, and it was cheese. So Ooh, hell yeah! It was, but it was because I posted that comic of Kimba coming and eating cheese with me. And then oh. it went, did really well. And then they wrote to me and they were like, would you like some cheese? And I was like, yes, I would. So, oh, yeah. um, oh, and then I tried to make a video where I was unboxing it, but I had just had, <laughs> I had just had a dental surgery the day before. So I was like, <laughs> so I was like ripped on opiates and like, <laughs> like half my face was super swollen. And I have the video, I'll show you guys. But it's like, it's me being like, I can't fucking believe that Kevin sent me some fucking cheese. You gotta see this shit. And I opened it up and I was like, this is a different kind of cheese. It's really, this is crazy. And it's on, <laughs> it's unwatchable. It's the worst thing. So I feel bad. I owe them some content. But anyway, please tell us about Delete Me. Um, no, I was just going to say, it's, I literally heard about Delete Me through the sponsor on some YouTube video. And it's like a um, service where you can pay, I think like 10 bucks a month and then they delete your info online ooh, like stuff ooh. like uh like especially stuff that. that's like linked to like so you like so it makes it harder to be doxxed basically oh i'm gonna get this thank you yeah i think ooh. It's like, man delete me give me some <laughs> money yeah i feel like that'd be a good sponsor <laughs> yeah great right sponsor yeah you gotta get all of the the female cartoonists and then <laughs> yeah, that's really. how we get they're like oh <laughs> we're safe again yeah <sighs> anyway social media double-edged sword on one yeah. side of the sword yeah. you get money and on the other side people stop you so that's yeah. the two sides <laughs> that's, that's the two sides oh man that's so true we have some questions from listeners that are oh. uh, from our patron kitty fries they're wondering if you have any advice on how to learn anatomy um you should go to as many anatomy classes as possible in real life i love anatomy i think drawing human shaped characters is my favorite thing to do obviously and the beef series just started because i realized i didn't know how to draw muscular characters um and like made it my mission to learn and then it snowballed into what it is now but i i've been doing figure drawing and live classes since i was like 11 and it was like my first love you know and there were a lot of like classical artists that I was really interested in who obviously made their art like based on their love of the figure and you know like Aegon Sheila and Klimt and all those guys and you know you go back and you look at like the man like the old masters and like you look at all of the the paintings of like ancient Roman you like the painting of Oedipus and the Sphinx I forget who did that one or like um mm. oh my god what's his name Frederick Sandys, who did like the pre-Raphaelite stuff, and he made he drew these figures like looking really weightless and and like floaty, but it was still mm. like such a love letter to like what all these people looked like. And I think that you kind of when you cop when you copy from like these masterworks, you kind of pick up on patterns on like how to present characters in a way that it's like dynamic and also like feels like you're getting the most information from them through their mm -hmm. body language and stuff like that and also how you build their body and how you design their body and so yeah figure drawing but also like copying masterworks I would think a lot of my art education came from copying masterworks um and I should make a post 
soon about like a list of people who I studied and who I think other people should study because it mm. really is like the best education and I think even like even if you were to you know you copy the great masters but you also copy cartoons because I think that there is like a personal language to how you choose to present bodies and stuff like that you know mm. and like like if you were to look at like a silhouette like a paper cutout of like you know the the sailor moon characters from the manga you would know right away because of how those figures are drawn if you were to look at you know cutouts of of you know the way that like the the pokemon characters were drawn like you would know because of the way that they're shaped and the way that they're proportioned it's i think it's a cool way to like i think some of it is from choice and some of it is from like your skill level mm. and bo- both of those things are it's not bad it's good like I think that being limited by your skill level can be a really good thing and I think that especially when you're talking about like expressive like figures I think that that's one of the biggest things it's just and it's not it's not just drawing this like drawing figures over and over it's it's interpreting other people's drawings over and over so that's like drawing from masters is really important I think to me anyway because they all had their individual hand and by seeing their hand you can you can kind of develop your own a little bit Mm. yeah I, I I think that's great advice, especially I, I do feel like copying master work is like also is, is so great because they've already done some of the the work mm-hmm. uh for you, so then you can just kind of see like a synthesized version of what anatomy is. I think doing both, like obviously doing it like real life life drawing and yeah. the other is like such a great way to compliment. I think yeah. also like the like, people underestimate reference and I talk about this all the time but like if I'm drawing a comic and like the hand is a certain way I'm not like I don't just know all the time I like look at my own I make my hand do that and then I draw my hand like yeah. I don't I don't know like when I started doing the beef drawings it's not like I knew I had to like I have all these magazines of like women wrestlers <laughs> and I just like was copying the photos from these and that's you know I, I I have reference for like everything I'm doing and I like I would say that the human figure is the thing that I draw the best and know how to do the best but I'm still you know reference is helpful I there's like this weird narrative I've seen the past couple of years mm. where people like feel like it's cheating to like learn how to draw yeah <laughs> it's right? crazy still yeah. it's still around because I remember that was around mm-hmm. when I was in school me too. But I, I thought that went away, but it's still around. That's crazy. But okay. it's really cr- like learning how to draw correctly is like cheating at drawing, which is insane to me. Like <laughs> copying people who painted good is like not. But that's what they <laughs> did. Like how the fuck do you think they learned how to paint good? They pay- copied some other guy who could paint yeah. good. Like, and it's just like, oh, copying the thing that I'm looking at is cheating. It's like, well, how the fuck? You just you keep like a library in your mind at all times. <laughs> you idiot. No. You have to like look at stuff and then you draw that stuff forever, like forever. You're never yeah. going to remember how every single thing is. And that's great. You're learning all the time. Like it's, it's weird to assume that everyone knows how to do everything immediately all the time. That's such a weird take. So I don't know why people get to be willing to learn how to do it constantly forever. Yeah. Like I'm going to be doing figure drawing forever. I, it's yeah. You have to, you have to look and learn all the time. Yeah. I wonder if it's a thing where it's like, I don't know if it's like a biology or like the way the brain works where it's like, well, once I have acquired the skill, right. I master it forever. No. It's <laughs> yeah. like when people, it's like you learn that you have to exercise like all yeah. the time. Yeah. That's like for, for real. It's like, it's not about just like achieving a goal. It's like, no, you got to keep doing it until mm-hmm. the end of your life. So you mm-hmm. don't. Yep. 
end up a little pile of flesh in, yeah. in an armchair which you still will <laughs> i mean you will but you know you you move around a little better i guess just a little bit yeah. you'll be really good at drawing hands but yeah, you'll exactly. still be exactly. a pile of flesh <laughs> from instagram artsy fartsy fun times is asking what's your go-to pen to draw with traditional oh um wow i'm not a big pen girl i like use the pentel brush pens when I worked in an art supply shop and could yeah. get a 15% discount, I would get pens. <laughs> but I've mostly been a, a brush and like bottle of ink kind of person. Mm. Oh, really? So yeah. So anytime I've done work that's like ink on paper, I don't use brushes because I don't like it. I use the Princeton like Velvet Touch or whatever. I forget the light, the like light teal handles. They're like really inexpensive, but they're all, they're all like um, synthetic. It's like golden taclon. The brushes are golden taclon. I just I just buy a bunch of rounds, and you know ink is really acidic, so it'll eat through your brushes really fast. Which is why I just get cheap cheap good ones. And Princeton is good and cheap. I'll get like number zero to number six rounds, and keep them around in multiples. You can buy them in bulk, and I use Dr. P. H. Martin's Black Star ink. So that's when I use brushes, that's what I use. And I know that's not helpful because you wanted a brush. So I'm super sorry, but you can also <laughs> buy those. I think Zebra has these and there's a bunch of off brands, but I used Pentel where it's like, what is it called? It's just like, it's an empty tube with a brush attachment and you can fill it up with whatever ink or watercolor that you want. And that's good to travel with if you, if you're trying to travel. But if I was going to pick like a pre-made like pen, I would use uh, the Micron brush pens because I think that they're good. I think that their ink quality is pretty sick. It's archival and it's waterproof. So you can like go on top of it later. So that's my pick. Yeah, Micron's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, the Pentel Touch also is my favorite. It's not waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> I so hate that. Sucks. I mean, you can use the alcohol markers on with the Pentel, I think, but you can't do water anything yeah. water-based traditional art no when i paint comics i just do pencils on the paper and then just paint directly on top of it with acrylic gouache so because mm. then you can just ink on top of that and that's it's like the easiest way to make it look really shiny and pretty and if nobody looks too closely <laughs> <That's good. laughs> um yeah because you post your comics on patreon right mm -hmm. like uh yeah. your patreon doing for you is it like something right. that you could eventually uh no. consider no i mean it's so it, it pays my rent it's great but oh, it's, hell ne yeah. it's never gonna it's never gonna replace merchandising which is like a, a it's that's like career money you know right whereas you know even if you're doing really well i mean i'm not a podcast so i'm not gonna be making like two hundred thousand followers or two hundred thousand dollars on patreon which i know some people are mm -hmm. but that's not gonna be me <laughs> but it is it's definitely it's worth it and it's also fun for me because I have somewhere that I can post up that is still in progress so like that's where I post like Susan which is just my like not super or so far has not been super marketable because there's no gigantic tits in it <laughs> but it's like it's my it's my like silly fantasy comics that's where I post that one mm. from twitter orc socks Hi. is asking what inspired you to start drawing the buff characters you kind of touched on it but i feel little, like yeah what's well, so the woman when you were like um i'm gonna do this today <laughs> <laughs> 
it was god i don't know what the initial thing was i think i was just trying to i was like selling little paintings of pinups at that point like for like 500 dollars each or whatever and it was fun but it was getting boring and i realized that like the whole point of it is to design a little character and sell that mm -hmm. but i really i really wanted to draw like these big buff bodies and i didn't know how to do it like I, it's not something that i could just like develop and so i started practicing I bought a bunch of magazines off of eBay from this one seller who I've now bought like all of my reference magazines from. And he, it's like um, these really beautifully printed color uh, bodybuilding magazines, like women in bodybuilding magazines. And I only use reference from the 1980s because I prefer that like style of posing that they were doing at that time. Right. And also the style. I like that they were predominantly older women. And also the way that they were styled at the time was like, it's fucking fantastic. It's these like, it's these fucking yoked women with like little kitten heels on and like the big hair and like a really cute like tea party dress. And they just, they are shredded. They are the most powerful, like 50 year old girls you've seen in your life. I love them. And it was like inspirational, honestly. Like, I've, I don't know. I've like struggled with my health a lot and I'm not like bodybuilding is clearly not like healthy long-term. I'm not trying to pretend it's healthy long-term. But mm. it's like, because it's not, it's definitely, it's not. And it's not something that I want to like idolize as like a lifestyle, but it was just about learning. It, it's, it's the clearest depiction of like muscular articulation that you can get in real life. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I ever learned to do. So I was like, oh, here we go. And they're like cute hot girls. And that's like a fun thing to draw for me. And so I started drawing the Sailor Moon characters like built this way because <laughs> th it would be like a fun way to like combine the two interests. It would be fun for me. And those did really well when I posted them online. And then people were like, oh, make a shirt, make a shirt. Because um, I was already making shirts at this point. Mm -hmm. But that is, I'm not allowed to do that. That is not my intellectual property. Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to design my own Sailor Moon with my own you know characters and my own mm. like universe and my own stupid magic system and I didn't think about it very much um I just kind of like made something and I was like this isn't gonna sell very well because it's like it's it's a really muscular woman with gigantic tits and it just says beef on it um <laughs> like it's not <laughs> no one's gonna fucking buy this but there's no risk to me so that's something I will I'll say this too and I recommend this to anyone who's starting out selling stuff is I use a pre-order model every single time. So there's yeah. no risk to me. I'm not like buying mm. stock and then worrying about stock yeah. not selling. I'm yeah. only, I'm taking orders and then just buying exactly what people paid for already. So there, I, I do not, there's no risk. So mm. I was like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to try this. We're going to do the beef shirt. And it was by far my best-selling shirt. And it was so, I was like, oh, I got to like scramble together a story for this. And it was such a bad story, but it worked fine. And then as time has gone on, it's been really fun to like connect connect a story to like developing these characters and and like really challenging myself anatomically yeah and like it kind of became this whole world that was really sweet for me to like witness and watch like people wearing it and people feeling like represented or like people I, it was it was really sweet to like watch people respond to like combining physical strength which is i think a pursuit that a lot of people have Mm -hmm. with like magical girl the aesthetic that we all grew up with and sort of feeling represented and that was like kind of fucking great <laughs> for me yeah. and so now it's become this thing and it makes me so happy 
And I'm like really excited to keep doing it. I kind of burnt out for a while there because I was just like, oh my God, like how the fuck am I going to keep this going? Um, (laughs) But I've like, it's been years now. I can't believe it's been years of me predominantly doing, it's been like two years, two and three years of me Mm -hmm. doing the beef t-shirts in that universe. And it was, again, it was like an accident that I didn't think about, but it all started just because I was like, I don't know how to draw this. And then I was like, I'm going to do Sailor Moon. And then I was like, that that's illegal. So (laughs) I did, I did beef. And now I'm like, I've developed this whole like magic universe and I'm trying to build a magic system and like the stupid story and like try to keep it funny and silly while also pushing it forward. Cause that was, Bird Boot was a lot easier to push forward because there were less rules. And the issue with beef (laughs) is Mm. that it's incredibly hard to draw like six incredibly muscular women in the same frame. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to keep doing it. And it's so hard. You're like, oh God, why didn't I make these bitches skinny and just like a stick figure? (laughs) It's so hard. And I'm like trying to do these different angles. And but like the thing is that like in real life, those tits wouldn't fit. So I have to like figure out where to put them so that you can still like if they turn this way, they're not completely concealed by their tits. (laughs) it's like it's all these problems that i didn't think about when i was like i do like some of your framing though sometimes it's like really insane how you frame like like (laughs) under the boob or something you do little like negative spaces yeah Yeah. it's so good (laughs) i am trying i swear to god i'm trying um but it is it's getting increasingly harder especially since the model is and then they discovered this new character like (laughs) that (laughs) and then i just have to keep doing this forever and then there's gonna be like 40 of them um you gotta so kill some off. I know, your gonna your fans die. are gonna come after me. <laughs> Get rid of one of them. Oh no! So this is cool because I am gonna do that. So that's gonna be that's my plan. Yeah. You oh, heard shit. it first um, on creative. Someone's gonna block. die. Oh yeah. shit! Exclusive. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for that because oh, thank God. But <laughs> oh my God. Um, you better all... not kill my lady on my shirt. I won't. She, she's safe she's, she's good, safe but she's only because you asked yeah <laughs> i love well i love clowns so oh my god my clown woman Sabrina, i think that's yeah. like like because you were like oh like am i gonna keep doing like muscle women forever but i feel like the clown was kind of like branching out like a little bit and i Ooh. i feel like from my perspective i was like oh this is popping off so i'm like Thank i just want to see you draw like yeah i think anything i think it gets to the point where people are like Oh, we came for this, but I mean, like, I hope that people anything are like silly. Yeah. Wait, can I show? You? I'm going to show you. No one else, will, no one will be able to see it, but I'm going to show you because <laughs> I want yes. you to see it. But this is um, this is, you guys can you can have spoilers if you want. I'm still drawing it. But the yes. next the next girl is um, can you see her? Oh, nice. Oh, cute. <laughs> yes. She's really sweet, and I really like her. And oh. she's the she gets it's the it's the stupid evil bunny but she gets transformed oh my she god she gets transformed into a hot lady i'm gonna buy this one I i'm can really feel it already her, yeah but i mean her she's a really she's a very it's gonna be fun to write her yeah <laughs> but i'm hoping i hope that people will like evolve with me so that mm. i don't have to draw the world's hardest subject forever so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Have you ever had like, um, cause I know sometimes you post like, like you'll get like pretty like big people, like whether it's like, like a big celebrity or like, you know, like 
not to be like, oh, they're not a celebrity because they're on social media. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> but it's like, they'll be wearing this shirt with, have you like, what's the number one where you're like, oh shit, they got my shirt. I mean, the one who, the one who makes me the most money is Stavi. <laughs> <laughs> so Stavros Halkius, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. So please, God, don't sue me. Mm-hmm. But he has worn my shirts like when he's doing stand up or when he's doing specials or like when he's touring or doing podcasts. And it's been really sweet. He's been really supportive. And like, that's so nice. We'll wear them like to these live events. And then I get like these waves of people from him mm-hmm. buying my shit. So like, thank you. Thank you, Stavi, <laughs> for giving me money. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did, that's did like he, the coolest. Yeah. Did he find out about you through social media? Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. I don't, I don't, I'm not anywhere else. I don't go outside. This is it. This is the only place <laughs> I exist is social media. And yeah, that's how, that's how people, yeah. I used to, I think people used to like discover me through like little comics things, right? Because I used to table and stuff. Mm. and now i only exist online so that's the only place that anyone can know <laughs> the only place yeah only in the ether of yeah <laughs> <laughs> we have an interesting question from youtube from at angel pearson 696 is there a way i can balance my writing and sleep schedule like how do you kind of like compartmentalize or like I don't. I'm doing bad. I don't know how to. I I don't know. I'm not doing good. Like I don't know. I'm sick every day. Like I don't know what to tell you. But um, I have to keep some semblance of a schedule because I have a little fluffy dog who like is Mm. pissed off. So like the only reason I have any schedule is because I have a dog that needs to shit twice a day. Um, (laughs) and she gets mad if she doesn't shit at the exact same time every day, and then eat her like two hundred dollar prescription food so i have to that's the only reason so get a get a dog who is the boss of you that's my advice (laughs) good advice honestly (laughs) like i feel like i don't know it may not be like official advice but when people are depressed or like you're at a low point getting a pet yeah like Mm -hmm. a cat or a dog like it's like okay i I'm not going to take care of myself, but I will get out of bed so I can feed this animal. And like, no, I, it's true. Yeah. I think that actually the only reason that I'm like still, not to sound dramatic, but the only reason I'm like still around and like ever was trying to improve my circumstances at all is because I got the dog and was like, she's so beautiful. She deserves a good life. Yeah. Like, I have to do a good job. And so like, I've like worked so hard at making this like little silly business because my dog, is nine and she needs two hundred dollar prescription food. So that's like <laughs> that's like totally tell though. Like when you got Kim- cute, right? Kimba, like, yeah, and like just how happy she's made you. Um, it's like it comes through like in your posts and your photos of her and everything, and it's really nice. It <laughs> makes me really happy, actually. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> yeah, Kimba's so cute. She's I the best. Her. I fucking love her. She's like almost like a cartoon like obviously yes. you're drawing her like a cartoon yeah. but like her snout and everything and like the way she acts <laughs> that little it's like a little unreal <laughs> yeah no she's uh she's ridiculous it's it's really i can't believe she's a real dog when i first adopted her i remember being like blown away by all these little things that she did that were so like disney like dog <laughs> things 
like I remember I think the first week I got her there were these two little kids waiting for the bus stop and they were like oh cute dog and Kimba went like trotting up to them and like did her little <laughs> prancing and like mm-hmm. played with the little babies and then they gave her a flower when they got on the bus and I didn't see it but Kimba turned around and came back and was like a little fucking flower in her mouth and I was like no fucking way is this for real are you kidding me and she's just like she's this happy little dog and she plays with all the babies at the park and I just can't believe she's a real animal it's crazy so So that's I love my dog yeah she's so cute I like you posted that story of her like wanting to play fetch but then being like sassy about it that's so cute she's funny oh god I love her I love my dog and um I guess sort of very last question from Ninja Panda three nine three on YouTube. Beautiful. Um, what inspired and motivated you to make comics? I feel like it's changed a little bit over your career because you <laughs> touched a little bit on like the the bio and then the shirt making. But mm. is yeah. there any any deeper? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Auto bio was just like an impulse. I started making comics. I like really wanted to for a long time before I did it, but it didn't. It felt like impossible. I felt like I didn't have the skill set to do it or it was just like out of my reach for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became accessible because I started doing it with really low stakes. And I think that one of the things that people struggle with when they start doing any art form, but especially something narrative, is that they're like, I'm going to write the Lord of the Rings. I'm going to write <laughs> the greatest epic. I'm going to write the Odyssey. And it's like, no, you're going to write a comic about how you got a sandwich today. And that's great. <laughs> like, that's enough. That's fantastic. But I think that like seeing other people validate the practice of making a comic out of like a very small idea that's like not really a, like it, it's the thing with autobio is you don't you do have to write it right mm-hmm. but the premise of the story is written for you by an experience that happened right mm-hmm. you're not doing Lord of the Rings you're writing about how you got a sandwich today. And then you get to decorate that with your own language and your own meaning and you get to like steer the reader into what it so like even if it's something even if it's one panel right you you can make the stakes as high or as low as you want so when I discovered that you could just make a comic about the smallest thing that's not that important it didn't feel like this big towering thing that I had to like master before I started doing it or I had to be a good writer because I wasn't and then with that like confidence to just do it came like a a nice way to keep a diary essentially and so I was just kind Mm -hmm. of doing diary comics for myself and then they got really popular so then I was doing them for the internet and approval and uh accolades (laughs) and praise (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um then it was for months so (laughs) then it was for um as a way to functionally tell a story involving a character that I made up on a t-shirt and it's funny it's sort of being forced into a motivation because it's fun and it's cool and it's like it, it doesn't have to be that serious or big it doesn't have to be like about anything really and I think that that's what's nice about comics is that you can kind of like you can take as much time as you want like you can show something as slowly or as fast as you want like you can you can make like a moment last for like six pages if you want just by like showing you know different pieces of the same scene or you can you can manipulate it in a lot of ways that you can't in other mediums because it the the time that's taken by the reader to experience it is completely variable and based on them within reason 
unlike music or unlike, you know, animation. And so it's this really like a uh, pliable, like malleable thing. And you don't have to be good at drawing, really. You don't have to be good at writing, really. Like you'll have a better product, but you get there by doing it. And I think that keeping a diary was like the best way to do that because the stakes are so low. And so my motivation was just for me. And then when it came to making the shirts, it just seemed like I already know how to do this. I don't know how to run a business, but I do know how to make comics. So I just made comics for the shirts. And that's it. And now I'm here and I've been doing it for a while. And it's, but it's cool. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, yeah, this is such a great advice. I do feel like when people are like, how do I start making comics? It's like, just don't be a perfectionist. Just do something yeah. really small. And it really is. It can yeah. incremental. You can do one panel. You yeah. can do like the, you can do fucking Charlie Brown. You can do one, one panel comics. You can do, um, God, what's that comic that I hate from the paper? <laughs> that's been around since the 50s what is it it's not dennis the menace it's the other one family oh, circus family circus, <laughs> family circus. Yeah, i love that you hate that one did <laughs> you know that creative block fans family circus it's glenn Keane's dad so oh shit all right i love the family circus <laughs> and i think it's really good actually I think it's more that I, when I was a little kid and I used to read it in the paper, I couldn't tell the difference between the little boy in Family Circus and Dennis the Menace. And I kept like being confused as to why the artist kept changing. And I was really, I would get angry about it because that was my, I grew up without a TV. That was my only media as a kid was the bunny papers. So I remember being really disappointed being like, what the, who the fuck threw this one this week? What the fuck is this? And also (laughs) it's not. So anyway. I love, I, what I meant to say was I love that one and it's really good. To be fair, so. I do feel, I feel the same as in like, before I moved to the US, Dennis the Menace was exported to friends, but not Family Circus. And, um, and I was confused about Family Circus in the same way the you same. were confused. Yeah. yeah. It's I a like, little boy. I was like, I thought he, I don't know. <laughs> I read the comic. I was like, "It's not how I remembered the this guy." <laughs> yeah, like, there's two of them. There's too many. There's too many mischievous little American boys. <laughs> They're all blonde. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my god, and Calvin. There's Calvin. There's too many. Yeah, it's funny. They're all blonde. Yeah, it, I never thought about that. It is. They're all the same. They're all the same little. But Calvin doesn't have freckles, so I guess he's a little different. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, this is the only differentiating factor. <laughs> yeah. Also, the fact that he has a disease where he thinks that the tiger is his friend, so. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that was so fun. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to come on and, like, uh, come so late, <laughs> too, as Yay! well, because we're on different <laughs> coasts, so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And with that, I would say it's... um. The end of this creative block. Yay! Yeah, that was that was awesome. Just yeah. hearing everything. And I feel like, yeah, I like that we're interviewing more, yeah, more comics people because I don't think people realize like how much comics and animation are intertwined. Yeah, for sure. Rebecca, thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And thanks to our listeners. Follow us on social media at Creative Block, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Uh, huge thanks to our editor, Clemens, for editing the podcast, Marco for helping us produce the show, and Ebul for creating the clips we've been putting out. If you love our oh, show, 
You can support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews and access to our Discord community. You can also support us for free by subscribing, liking, commenting, all that good stuff. Uh, it helps us uh, reach uh, more people. And uh, more people means that maybe we're going to get sponsored by Delete Me one day. Who knows? Yes. Uh, <laughs> or Cabot Cheese. Or Cabot Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Click the link in the description of this episode to uh, look up more of uh, Rewetki's stuff and to get um, to our Patreon. I've been your host, V. And I was Katie. Keep being creative and we'll see you next week. Bye.